Hi, it's Amy Dillard from Amy Dillard Social Media, and you're listening to Success in Iowa. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Success in Iowa. I'm Todd Studer, and today I am going to enjoy this conversation very much. I had an opportunity to meet Lisa Even. I think it was back uh, in September, wasn't it, Lisa, when we, uh, towards the end of September? Uh, yeah. And you appeared on a different podcast that we were recording for the Advanced Southwest Iowa Corporation because you had an event in Council Bluffs where our studios are located. And from all indications, that was a very successful event. But let's let folks in on a little bit about what you do because you kind of, to me, carved out a very unique niche for yourself. Yeah, you know, it's funny. If you would have asked me, two or three years ago, what do you see for the next, you know, they always ask, what what do you see for the next five years? The answer I probably would have given would have been so different because I thought I was going to start a business teaching healthcare leaders how to lead people. And my tagline has stayed the same, but pretty much everything else has changed. So my tagline is have good ripple effect. And that's truly what my business is about. I just want to see other people succeed and chase their dreams. And I get to do that through keynote speaking, workshops, and coaching. But it's interesting. I've been in all sorts of industries. And because of that, also on the side, created connection conferences. So I could not have imagined that, Todd, like five years ago. I'll tell you that. Where did you come up with that tagline, have good ripple effect? Because this is what I really like about it. It is extremely descriptive in a very simple way. And this is something that being in the radio industry, what we do is uh, we paint pictures with words and that's exactly what you've done with that. I'm thinking back to a sportscaster that had a very unique style and he was doing a high school game and uh, someone was tackled and he described it as uh, he was tea kettled. And when Something like that. It, it's very descriptive and it puts an image in your mind. Have good ripple effect. It does that same thing in my mind. It, it puts an image into my head that's very, very positive. Yeah. You know, I started saying it with the teams that I led in corporate America. So I, I know you can't see me, but I would cup my hands together as if I had water in them. And I would say, guys, this is our ecosystem to build, maintain and protect. We've got to keep these waters clean and have good ripple effect. And our motto was, you know, work hard and play hard. And I think it just stuck. And when I was sitting down, I was, I remember pretty vividly, my husband and I were sitting in our living room and he's like, what's your tagline? And I was like, I don't know, but I just want everyone to have good ripple effect. And the next morning I looked at him and I'm like, that's it. The thing that I've been saying all along is the thing that's going to be the tagline. And it, it's so vivid for people to be able to imagine it, not only in their life, but even with their family that, yeah, we're making waves. Tell us about these events that you have, because you bring different businesses together, and some of them may not ever think that they would be able to collaborate in any way, but I know what's happening at these events <laughs> is they're finding out, oh, we've got more things in common than we thought. Yeah, absolutely. So in my mission to create my business, COVID hit. And I had just moved back from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Des Moines, Iowa. And we were, I was sitting there thinking, how in the world am I going to meet people? So I started to do 30 minute virtual coffees with anyone and everyone who would meet with me. Like, hi, I'm Lisa. I just want to get to know people in this area and figure out ways to help others to have good ripple effect. 
And before you knew it, I had a couple of hundred of these under my belt, these quick conversations. And I was sitting with a friend and I said, I wish I could get these people in the room. They are beyond amazing. And so she finally got sick of me saying it and said, well, put your money where your mouth is and create an event. Hence, Rising Tides Connection Conference. It's for small business owners, top talent, leaders, people who are just thinking, maybe I need a change. I've got people that have come to my conferences and said, I'm in corporate, but the business that I've always been dreaming of creating, I'm doing it. I've had other people who said, I got $30,000 worth of business from your event. And the funny thing is, is we don't talk about, there's no elevator pitch of like, this is what I do and you should buy my services. It's truly about putting people in one-on-one and then pods to just talk about life and what they're hoping for and dreaming for. I ask them to talk about things like, what's one connection that you need? And then you get talking, it's like, man, I want to start a podcast And that's truly how we connected is I said those words out loud and Vivian, our mutual friend said, oh, talk to Todd. It's just moments like that, that all of a sudden, before you know it, they're finding ways to elevate and inspire and even share networks. I would say it's like not your father's rapier. This is like not your normal networking. No, and there are there's a lot of networking groups out there. I've been member a member of one uh, previously with a different business entity that I had. I'm a member of one now here in Council Bluffs, and we just actually had a meeting this morning. And I told all of these people that were there that this is the best that I've ever been a part of because they actually do care about helping each other and about uh, getting things to them. Where a lot of the uh, ones that I'd been in before had that kind of old boys club feel to it, but that's not what this is. And it's not what your events are. You actually make sure that things don't go down that road and you keep everything fresh and upbeat and light. And that's what really attracts me to what it is that you do. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a really amazing uh, evolution of not only just one-on-one coffee shop interactions at these conferences, but also I will put almost like Ted talk, type speakers in front of them to really truly hear about whether it's social media, fear, inspirational. We had a political cartoonist who we did some really fun drawing. He taught us, you know, looking at things from a different perspective can change the world. And so it's been really fun to not only come up with a way to have curated conversation, but also just a little bit of surprise and fun. My other tagline is joy is my job. If you're waiting around for someone to create joy for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. (laughs) And so really getting you in that driver's seat to say, what brings me joy and how can I create more of that? So I give them joy challenges and they get to experience just some fun splashes throughout the day of like, man, I feel more inspired and energized and I've got ideas, you know, piling up. Is there any type of commonality or a thread that goes through the like the majority of the people that come to your events or is it just completely widespread and all over the board (laughs) that's a great question and i laugh a little bit because it's all over the board i thought again it would i would attract kind of those corporate healthcare folks but uh, we've had contractors interior designers web developers corporate folks from banks insurance companies You can see my eyes going if you were looking at me like around the room because I'm literally just spot checking. We've had physical therapists. It's yeah, it's a smattering of people. I think the common thing, though, is that a they want to help others 
and B, they have a, a little bit of a sense of humor and excitement and they've got hope. You know, all these people are walking in thinking, man, you know, there's a lot of heavy stuff in our world, but they're hopeful for, no, let's, let's change it. Let's create and make waves and ripples and we can do it. How do you choose your sites for where you have these events? Uh, because, well, you've been in Des Moines. I know you've been in uh, Council Bluffs. Where yes. else have you been? And how, how do these sites come to you? Yeah, the sites have been, it's so funny that you would ask that. So my first one, because it was an experiment, if we back up, my friend was like, put your money where your mouth is. I was thinking, okay, how can I do this low cost to create almost an experiment? Like, let's see if this works. So I have a good friend who owns a beer hall. And she goes, well, you can use my beer hall. It's actually called The Hall in West Des Moines. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, invite everyone in. Uh, we've got a big projector screen. Let's make it happen. My second one I also held there. Now that we've got a little bit more momentum sponsorships, we've held them at really unique, fun. That's like my criteria. It must be unique, fun. And I need a big amount of space to spread people out and conversate. So breweries, conference centers, just amazing places. We've had swings and ping pong and beer. Yeah, it's not for the for the type of person that's looking for maybe a boardroom conference room setting. It's almost backwards of fun, inviting, and exciting to be in. As you're doing these events and over the period of time that you've been doing them, what have you learned? What What is different now as the way it used to be? Ooh, what is different? Gosh, I feel like every single time I have a list of like, need more of this, need less of that, <laughs> right? It looks like fail fast. Uh, I've learned that I thought that I had to bring in a bunch of speakers that speak for a significant amount of time. And that's where the value is. Every time I get my evaluations back, folks are saying, I loved the one-on-one -on -one networking opportunities that you created more of that. And I think from a person that thinks that you have to, like our brains are automatically wired to make it big and better. The thing that they love most is the thing that I have to try the least at. Put them with amazing humans, give them some really great conversation topics and prompters, and then I'm hands off. They do the rest. How, uh, how do you feel that you've grown through this process because <laughs> you know, you're, you're helping all of these other people, but how have you grown from doing this? Yeah, I think the one thing that I've grown most in, so I grew up a little kid with too much energy and was always pretty positive. People ask that they're like, you're so positive. I'm like, I know I was born that way. And you know, then I grew up in corporate <laughs> America where it actually serves you to almost fit in, right? You want to make sure you're saying the right things, dressing a certain way, you have a significantly high level of uh, kind of this formal and professionalism. And it was interesting. I think through my Rising Tides events, my first one, I got up there and did corporate. I did the, you know, good morning and welcome. We're excited to see you. And it was really funny because by the third one, I've really come into my own. And that energy that I thought was a problem when I was dialing it in all those years in my creative ideas, it's actually the secret sauce for rising tides and a lot of my workshops keep them inter engaged and interactive and bring the energy. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've had to almost like unlearn was you don't have to be formal. You can be professional, but also fun. I think what you're talking about that that has been a shift in whether it's a small business or maybe a larger business that 
people aren't nearly concerned with proper anymore as they are with authenticity. And you hear it a lot when, you know, if you work with somebody that manages social media or something like that, they say you need to be authentic with what Mm -hmm. it is that you're doing because that, that's what draws people now. And in this online age that it's here, it's permanent. We're never going back to the way things were before the internet existed. So we need to figure out how to, how we're going to move forward there. And that's the key. How authentic to yourself can you be? Absolutely. And I think it also gives permission for others to do the same. I've heard people say, well, you were really energetic and creative. And that, you know, made me look at, yeah, why am I not being whatever it is that they are? And that was a surprise. Every time someone says that, I'm like, oh, well, good. Like that's good ripple effect in itself is just encouraging people to get out there and do great things, big or small, and have a ton of fun doing it. Any stories stand out? of uh, folks that you've met along the way. And we're not asking for specifics or, or you know, telling tales out of school. But, you know, it's this is uh, the name of this podcast is called Success in Iowa for a reason, because there are so many stories that just never see the light of day. Yeah. And I think that if we could all pay more attention to that, as opposed to the constant bombardment of negativity that we receive all the time. I think that's what it's going to take to try to right this ship and start to get things going back in the other direction. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So I, to date, cause I said I was on a mission to meet a million and I've, I meet, I do these 30 minute quick informational, just kind of like ch- coffee chats, just like this. And I always ask the same four things. And they are, A, tell me about you, like personal, professional. And then I ask them heartburn. So what's the challenge of the day? That thing that you're just like, oh, I'm working on it. The horizon. And that's where are you dreaming to? Big or small, what's on your horizon? And how can I help? And I tell you what, so I've done, I'm in the 600s, I believe, for these interviews. And I do it the same every single time. I have heard stories about things like, I had a a woman on the West coast, her husband's a kidney donor and she's his match. I've heard stories. I I met with a woman out of Spain and she owns her own marketing firm and has been traveling the world like a, a nomad, you know, building her, her business. I've got folks who have told me things like, you know, I've been scared to even dream outside of where I'm at, but this conversation is getting me there. Gosh, the stories are endless, but I think you're right, Tad, going back to almost, it's almost like the center of that ripple effect and looking at the human and saying like, hi human, I see you. And the moment you see somebody, you truly see them. It's almost like uh, handing them some car keys and being like, rev it up, let's go. They show up in a better way. So yeah, I've got about 600 stories if we had more time. I think that you are very good at putting people into a place where they're at ease, that they know that they can give you their authentic self mm-hmm. and they can talk to you about their dreams and they can talk to you about their struggles. And, and that's a special skill that you can develop that rapport with someone as quickly as you can. I know when we talked before, uh, because we sat down and did yeah. that, uh, I think that um, that's where I was at. 
mentally. And since then I've been thinking, okay, I'm going to get Lisa in touch with this person. I'm going to get her in touch with this person. And I, and you talked about that's the ripple part of it because it spreads out from there. So you make a connection and then that person makes another connection and it just keeps spreading out. And it's, it's a wonderful philosophy and you have found a way to monetize that, which I think is phenomenal. (laughs) I think that that is just a wonderful business model that you're doing here. Thank you. Yeah. And you know, the one thing I'll add is it really forces you to get out of this mindset of, I want to meet human A so that I can do B so that I can do C so I could do, you know, E, F, G. It really, all of these 1 million connections, I have no outcome. And I think that's almost where, why people are so much more willing to give is because there's nothing for me to truly gain. And I think sometimes when you just show up and you're like, hi, I'm Lisa, who are you? That person automatically realizes like, oh, they're not some, you know, kind of like goofy salesman being like, buy my services. They fall in love with you. And then the rest, like six months later, they're like, hey, you do keynote speaking, right? We're at, we have a conference or, Hey, I thought of you. And that's my biggest advice to anybody listening is go into interactions, looking for that person's value from the standpoint of I'm excited. You're in the world. That's literally, I'm like, I'm excited for you to be in this world. And I know that you're bringing so many good things to the people around you. Tell me about that. I had an opportunity to meet someone yesterday. I, I gave a talk. At a uh, in Glenwood, Iowa, uh, oh. with a leadership class, and there were eight different people in there, and the the talk was about how to overcome a fear of public speaking. Oh wow! And and, and I kind of dove into some advanced psychology stuff there <laughs> about about what is it you're actually afraid of, and and what is it that is actually happening to you when you start to get overcome with fear, and and if you're standing there and you're paralyzed, and what is causing that? Well, you're, it's probably too late because that stress hormone is already coursing through your body. <laughs> so you need to plan ahead. If you know that this is going to be a problem, there's things that you can do ahead of time in order to make sure that you don't get to that point. So we're having this conversation and uh, a young lady, I don't even know how the, I'm sure you've given many talks that just kind of goes off on a tangent, yes. but you're going to follow that tangent because <laughs> it's really interesting. And she started to tell me about how she had a dream of being a sportscaster and uh, I'm not sure how old she was. I don't, I I think she was in her twenties and she started to talk about the different hurdles that she had faced and the uh, resistance that she had faced because let's be honest, that particular field. And I was in that field for a long time. It's very male dominated. Sure. And she was uh, mentioning that she was getting asked these ridiculous questions about, well, And she put it as if, you know, who was this running back sister's boyfriend in 1956? That, you know, is an over the top thing. But (laughs) the point was that they were asking her ridiculous questions because they were trying to trap her. And I said, look, the answer to that is, you know, when I have a Chiefs game, I'm going to do all prep for it then. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm not going to worry about it because I've got other things to be concerned about. But I was encouraging her, you know, if you still have an interest in this, there's outlets for you. There's places you can go and there's things you can do. I'm not saying quit your job, but I am saying there are things you can do. And we started talking about that. And I think that all of that 
tied into what the original thing was about, you know, fear of public speaking. Cause I used to be terrible about it. I was scared to death. Which is crazy. You Cause know. you're so smooth. And, well now. Yeah. But <laughs> at, the story that, that I've told a lot of people is when I was in high school and, uh, I was 18 years old and we're in a language arts class. We had to write a poem and then read the poem in front of the class. Okay. And I was scared to death. I'd been scared for two days. Yeah. And I got up there and I did it and my voice was shaking so bad that when I got done, I'm walking back to my desk and I can still picture in my mind Cheryl McClure sitting right there next to her friend, <laughs> leaning over and saying, it sounded like he was crying. Oh no. <laughs> That's how <laughs> nervous I yeah. was. Now it doesn't bother me a bit. I can stand in front of a, a crowd of 15,000 and introduce a band. Yeah. Uh, it, because what the main thing to remember in that particular genre is that these are not people here to judge you. That's not the point that they're doing. They came to hear you. Right. And also because our brains can really only think of one single thing at a time, we don't look at them as individual people, you know, 15,000 individual people. We look at them as one juggernaut yeah, that's scary. just overwhelming. <laughs> exactly. But that's not what's happening. These are 15,000 individual people. So you're really only talking to one person. It's just 15,001 people. Yes. That's and you figure the people that don't resonate with you, for as many as there are of those folks, there are probably double who do. I think for me, kind of coming into my own authentic self, it took, I have a business coach and he said to me, think of it like this. If Justin Bieber came to a mall and someone saw him get off his tour bus and that person ran inside, screamed over the balcony, Justin Bieber's here. You know, 20% of the people would be like screaming and running his direction. Like, oh my God, the other 60 people would be who, like, who's Justin Weaver? Like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> and then the other, you know, 20 at the bottom would be so like, oh, I hate him that it would probably make that 60 more curious to come your way anyway. And that for me really felt good of just like, there's probably a few that aren't for you, but there's a ton that are. And that I, I hope that people can realize that as they get out and start to be a little bit more authentic. And even in that girl's case, you might not be for everyone, but there's certainly a spot for you to land and inspire people. Well, and talking about inspiring people, I, I really hope that, um, whether if she decides not to do it and it's entirely her choice. I mean, it, it, you know, she gets to make decisions about that. We do need more women in that industry Absolutely. because, um, what happens then is more women that step out that want to do sports casting. And I'm talking about in the play by play area okay. that there yeah. are some, uh, I, I don't know her name, but there's, there's one that's broadcasting football on the big 10 network. She's really, really good. She's better than I am. And I'm pretty good. So, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, uh, as more of that happens, then younger girls start to see it as an option at a younger age because yes. they're seeing that and they can, they want to start to picture themselves doing that. That's how I did it. I was imagining myself being in that role and that kind of made a passion. And then, you know, everything aligned and I was given an opportunity to actually do it. So, yeah. uh, that's, that's how that all began. And I, I hope that, um, whether it's her or just other women, that it can grow more uh, to be able to do that. 
But anyway, that's me running off a tangent. And, you know, <laughs> I love that f- story. That was a good one. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is that, you know, I'm, I'm an old radio guy, which means that I'll use 10 words when two would have gotten the job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, what's next for you? What, um, where are things headed uh, for you right now with all of the events that you're doing? Yeah. So my next event in Des Moines, Iowa is April 20th. So that will be uh, the next Rising Tides. And then I'll have one in October in discussions with a couple other communities in Iowa to bring Rising Tides to their cities. Because what they're realizing is they can kind of mix and mingle the people in their communities in a way that those folks have never seen. I also have here in a couple of weeks, I'll be in a high school. We're doing a miniature Rising Tides for a couple of entrepreneurial based classes. So they'll get to come in and experience what does it feel like to network with some of their peers and then hopefully some community members as well. So again, I would have never imagined, but can't wait to create connection in school. And hopefully they'll take that with them of like, yeah, when, when you meet someone, they bring a whole ton of knowledge and experience and opportunity and I'm going to pay attention. You'd mentioned that you were in Wisconsin for a while and now, now you're back in Iowa. Why Iowa? You can do this anywhere. Why yeah. are you in Iowa? Oh. I think there's a magic to Iowa, which is so funny because growing up, all I wanted to do was move to the big city and grew, we grew up, I grew up in Eastern Iowa and then moved away to Milwaukee, which was a big city. And I'll tell you what, I miss the food, the music and the sports from, from the big city, right? I, I have to put that in there, but I'll, you know, in a smaller community and even, you know, my, one of my favorite stories is we were moving back and my son, we stopped at a gas station to get gas, went in, you know, paid, he got a piece of candy and the gas station attendant was like, how was your day? You know, gosh, having great weather telling us about, are you going to the game this weekend? And we're walking out and my son says, mom, why does that guy want to talk to us? And why was he so nice? And I like smiled and I said, oh honey, that's why we moved back to Iowa. Because people still want to interact and find out a little bit about you. And I think there's nothing more wholesome than that. So doing that here for my kids to be able to not only get to take part in it, but to grow up in that is, is pretty magical. I think that's a, that's a great way to put it. Where can folks find you online, Lisa? They can find me either on social media. So we've got LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Or they can check out my website, Lisa Even, E, V as in Victor, E, N as in Nancy, because everyone wants to spell it wrong, dot com. She is Lisa Even. And, and Lisa, thank you for your time of uh, joining us on Success in Iowa. Telling us just a little bit about what you do and some of the stories. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. And, and I hope that as you are meeting some of these people, you keep us in mind because we are always looking for stories. And we just want to keep this, uh, we want to keep this going on our side as well. So um, congratulations on all of your success so far. And uh, I look forward to hearing about even more success stories. Absolutely. Thanks, Todd.